They say you only get out what you put in, and with recipe ingredients, there's no exception. You can always rely on the great taste and quality of Kerrygold Irish Butter. Kerrygold has teamed up with some well-known food experts to feed your imagination. Whether you are baking, brunching, or barbecuing, check out Kerrygold.com for ideas, or follow the how-to videos and recipes at Kerrygold on Instagram. Welcome to another episode of Hooked, the podcast where we give you all the plot hooks that you will ever need. I am your host, Zane C. Weber. Here with me again this week are my loyal guest to my right, Tully Grimley. And to my left, Dom Gilfoyle. Oh no, a real name. What, what? do we do? It's, it's barely a real name. <laughs> <laughs> it is still a diminutive, so it's not like a real, real name. His real name is diminutive. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm actually I'm part of the Dominion. Um, oh, that makes more sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 more comfortable with that. Yeah, I'm here. From, <laughs> I'm here from the Delta Quadrant or whatever the hell. I haven't watched DS9 in a while. Anyway, it's back on. Is it Stan? It's on one of them. It's on. I think it's on Stan and Netflix. I tried the other day. I couldn't. Oh, it starts out yeah. a little rough. It doesn't. It did not hold up well. I think at I, least to my memory of what it was. Once you get into once you get like third season when they get the Defiance. Or the Defiant, whichever, whatever the ship's name, like the, that's when it kind of, and you know when the actual plot of the series starts to come into gear. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of which, I think our getting to know you question is going to be a recommendation. Like, what uh, speculative fiction would you like to recommend to our audience? Specfic. Yeah. So it could be fantasy, could be sci-fi, could be anything really. Horror. Okay. Um. See, I've already mentioned my favourite spec fic in this. Well, it doesn't have um, to be your favourite. It can just be one that you're currently enjoying. Yeah. Um, might palm this one off for a second while I have a think. Oh, boy. Oh, no. I will go. Oh, my God. If you are. Let's oh, get let's, to know Zane. Let's get to know me. I, as you know, I have a, a tendency towards uh, compilation fiction. Anthologies. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, I particularly like uh, Knaves Over Queens. Now, this is a... It's by George R.R. Martin, but it's in a world uh, that is co-written by several other people where aliens have introduced a virus that have given people superpowers and in some cases it's turned them into monsters in some cases it's given them virtually useless powers and in some cases it's made them literal superheroes and it's just a compilation of stories in that world um so the first compilation came out in the 70s and that's when they were written and then one in the 90s and they've just released a new one as well uh which is texas hold'em so i'm i'm gonna recommend that nice yeah so there are there are three in the series hmm Back to you, Tully, I reckon. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm just trying to find the name because it, it was last year that I read it. Um, this one is a sci-fi. It's by William Gibson. Um, Neuromancer. I I think it might have been the sequel to Neuromancer. If not, right. it is Neuromancer, um, which was just a spe- spectacular pre-digital age look at hacking, at biohacking, at almost, okay, almost like yeah, a Matrix-style yeah. idea, but before there was a heavy digital presence. Mm. So we have like almost these imagined digital worlds like um, 
I, in, in my mind's eye, I saw a world similar to that that was built in Tron. Um, but right, yeah, almost yeah. like a top-down, um, you're floating over a, a, a city like that. Um, that's how it came to, to look for me. But it was very much a plug yourself into this analog um, analog digital network. Cool. Mm. Yeah, I always I do enjoy those sorts of things where it's a glimpse of the future, for, but from the past where they didn't where they had a even worse idea of what the future would be than we retro futurism. Retro futurism yeah. is yeah. the best. The eighties yeah. the eighties were a time. <laughs> what a time. From a oh, go on. No, I wasn't going on. Oh, from a from a few like retro futurism, just purely from an aesthetic ex, uh, aesthetic ex, uh, aesthetic perspective, um, I really loved. Um, you, you guys know the Far Cry video game series. Yep. I um, when they oh, Blood Dragon. When they came out with Blood Dragon, um, it was just the best. They basically said to their designers, "Cool, here's twelve dollars each. You've each got to go out and uh, using trash and things you found at op shops." Um, make me a sci-fi costume and then they just put made that the costumes that they designed <laughs> in this animated game yeah it's cool. it's very much like a you know a 1980s um, glimpse into the bad future like you know i think it begins <laughs> lots of neon yeah neon everything i think that it begins with it is the year 2007 it is the future <laughs> it's this that, was yeah, released cool. in 2016 <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah it's course. one it's one of those um i mean i uh, I always find it difficult to recommend things. Um, check out the Culture series by Ian M. Banks. Nice. Those are yeah. some interesting sorts of like it's a it's, the culture is a enormous post post scarcity society that is uh, run by that is you know completely run by these AIs called minds, um, which were created so just to to run this to run the culture. Uh, everyone has everything they could want, basically, and um, you know it, a lot of a lot of the books. Uh, there's well, there's, there's not that many, unfortunately. He passed away, but um, like it's a recurring theme in the books that you know people who have every the people who have everything are searching for a greater meaning. Yeah, um, mm. yeah, it's, it's like there's a yeah. So there are some people within the culture who like join contact, which they are you know, their their purpose is to go out and influence. Um, societies like elsewhere in the universe and kind of shape the path that they're going to take as a cool. civilization yeah, yeah, yeah. and so that they will become more like the culture and eventually join the culture and yeah it's really interesting um, even just looking at the names of these oh yeah. of these novels within the culture series um, it's things like the use of weapons the player of games yeah. um, matter the hydrogen sonata just they all seem to be pointing towards things that are based so ingrained in the human experience, yeah. and then suddenly you're post scarcity. And what role does this play? Yeah. Yeah. Two, two of two of the books are named after quotes, but from uh, T. S. Eliot's *The Wastelands*, which kind of gives you an impression of kind of the sort of like there there is some action here and there and there, but it's usually about a bit more than that. As, yeah. as, a, as a as a way to get into it, like the first book in the series in the setting is called um, *Consider Phlebas*. I don't actually know if I'm pronouncing that second part right which is a very good book um it was intended that because it's from it's from the perspective of an outsider to the to the culture um during the culture's only war that it ever engaged in and he's an agent who despises of, of the other side who despises the culture hmm. so that's like the where banks thought that like a good way to introduce people to the culture would be to, as someone who despises yeah. everything about the culture which 
might may or may not actually be a good way to introduce the player of games is also another good introduction because it to this to the setting because it's um from the perspective of just like of a guy who kind of finds himself wrapped up in the uh, in the the kind of the bigger game because he pl he plays games he like that's his thing he plays games and then he finds himself wrapped up in the political game between the culture awesome. and a new civilization they've just encountered all right so one of those two good places against that series one of those two now we are here to give you some plot hooks yeah yeah so we do that by taking a random magic the gathering card and a random word smushing them together and seeing what comes out the other side this week, our random Magic the Gathering card is a swamp. Just a basic land swamp. Swamp. But the art is very interesting. It's sort of a desolate wasteland swamp with what looks like the remains of mangroves, uh, but floating in the air, semi-connected to one of these trees, is like a al almost cube... Uh, it looks like it's made out of stone or something, glowing mm. pink from within, kind of fractured. Like it's kind of drawing up from within the the earth around it. Sort yeah. Of, yeah. yeah. Um, has conjures up images of, um, you know, when you see those very strange clumps of minerals that are vaguely cubic but have mm. um, bits yeah, and pieces yeah. growing off. Uh, so, and our, our random word is symptom. So uh, a swamp and a symptom. So I'm, I think we're going to go down a disease route this time, yes. maybe. Uh, does anyone have a pledge? I do. Well, go on. Shall I explain what a pledge is? Uh, we'll be giving you the hooks in the form of a magic trick. We will give you a pledge, which is the seed of the idea. Then we will turn it into something more cement, something a little more interesting to put into your games. And then finally, the prestige, which is how to use this in your game, different, different ways that it could go. And... Uh, just yeah, what you can do with the idea. So, yes. Tully has a pledge for us. So, um, picture a castle. Done. Fairly simple. Oh, done, done. Perfect. Sorry. And for, for all of you at home, I'll give you a couple of seconds. Drawbridge or no? No, no drawbridge. Uh, how many towers? We're, we're looking at a tower on each corner, nice and simple. Imagine a preschooler drew it and then we've uh, animated it. We've wow, designed this. square. That's yeah, boring. Yeah, square. I was thinking more of a palace. Shit. Give me a second. Uh, hang on. Yeah. God, yep. Excellent. Nice. So, nice. so, picture a castle. Done. On a cliff. Um, on a boat, on a river. <laughs> <laughs> on a, a castle on a boat, on a river. <laughs> nice. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, nestled in a valley, behind it, a vast mountain range, around hillside. Um, Why would you put a castle in a valley? You put a castle on a mountain. Preschooler, you need to draw better castles. <laughs> Fucking preschooler. <laughs> you know, I didn't expect this sort of shade so early, but I'm already glad of where I'm taking this because I get to throw it back in your face. Okay, oh. good. <laughs> so, we enter the castle and um, this group of adventurers, were, we're noticed, we're called upon by the ruler, by the lord of the land. We come into the great uh, welcoming chamber and right at the end is a lord seated in his throne. He doesn't stand for you, um, and he tells you a story of what has been happening in these lands. What has been happening? Well, you see, this castle was originally stood in flat land by a river. <sighs> then it fell down. <laughs> 
Fell down, burned down. Then <laughs> burned yeah. down, fell over, <laughs> sunk into the swamp. Yep. Um, the fourth one stayed up. But uh, something, something came in on the river and took, took hold of the land. And the land has been growing, um, building up around this castle. Um, you're seeing these strange tendrils of, of purple plant life growing where before there was nothing. Before there was farmland, a little bit of plains. But suddenly we're seeing this purple marsh build up around and rise. Um, almost The land almost bubbling around the castle. And uh, he wants you to find the source of it. Okay. Bubbling, castle, gross... The sea in the sky. <laughs> um, so there's a there's a, there's a strange strange missive coming from a nearby uh, nearby uh, duchy or something. They're just they're, 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 they're describing that the, the people of the town. You're, you've you guys have been brought in. Your party's been brought in to uh, you know you, you're going to go on a on a sojourn, figure out what's going on because you're getting mixed reports of calamities and just people <gasps> fleeing and it's just like, what's going on? We, like, we need, we need we, your trusted individuals, we need you to go figure out what's going on in this neighbouring area and when you arrive uh, you're, like, as, even as you're like, far out you can see that a mountain that used to be there is missing for starters, <laughs> just in the distance. Wait just like, a second! Yeah, Wait just, a gosh yeah. darn second! Yes. Why are we called Twin Peaks? <laughs> There's bom, only bom, one. Bom, 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 bom. <laughs> yeah, it's like Lone Pine Mall in Back to the Future. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, just like even as your party are like approaching, like a good few leagues away, you can see that the landscape itself has parts of it appear to have just vanished. Okay. And that's the pledge. All right, so my pledge, going to go a little lighter, I think. Okay. For now. Um, I don't know where this is going to go. Uh, but you're in a settlement. Rather large, pretty pastoral, uh, and it is springtime. And one of the things that marks the change from spring to summer in this place is a, mig- a mass migration of butterflies. They're all pale purple and pinks. And every, and so for a couple of days at the end of spring, beginning of summer, there's butterflies everywhere. So you plant flowers specifically to kind of attract them. It's just something that you do with your children. Hmm. Now, towards the end of spring, in the night sky, there is a burning streak and over the horizon, something explodes. <gasps> the next day, the butterflies migrate early. It's a butterfly effect. It's a butterfly effect. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you made me say that. I can't believe uh. you keep asking me on this show. <laughs> Look, people like puns. I'm just not one of them. I'm, I'm not a person, so... Like, well, that's the point, so... Uh, and yes, and then on the first day of summer, a number of the avid gardeners around town spot these new, what they think are exotic flowers oh, in their know. gardens and they're kind of they're kind of dun colored but they have weird patterns in them and they glow pink a little bit and when you touch them they'll speak very quietly 
feed me, mummy. Oh, that's normal. <laughs> that's normal. I said I'd start out lighter and then I'd get creepier. We thought that maybe you'd you, wait until... You never the, said second bit. You, yeah. Like, I, was that also the turn? Or it. Nah. No, no, that's just the pledge. We've this got, is, we've got to feed this me is going to go places. Uh, feed me, mummy. And so, yeah. and that, Feed me, Seymour. And this only affects women, but the women oh. seem drawn to nurturing this thing. It's just a plant, it's just a flower, and they just, you know, they, they give it some extra water, they put some extra manure around it, they make sure that it's comfortable and not hasn't got any weeds around it. But And so no one thinks anything weird is happening except there's this new flower around town. It's not at all typical parasitic behaviour. No, no. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. No, nothing uh, like it. I even mentioned that word. That's offensive to some people. Not these guys, though, because <laughs> they're not. But, you know, to like, some. Well, <laughs> to some. you know. Okay, uh, so uh, who do we want to turn first? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go. All right. right. So as your as your party is like arriving for like as as they as they travel, um, they start to see like strange what they thought were clouds in the sky. Like they're moving very fast. It's like it's kind of like a hurricane sort of cyclone, like swirling thing happening in the sky above them. It's very dark. Mm. But then like the, if any druids in the party, for, like for example, will be able to immediately be like. That ain't natural. Like that's not that. That's not what that's supposed to look like. Uh, and if if anyone is like gets closer, or as they as they draw closer, maybe they fly near, or just like through their travels, eventually they realise that that's uh, that's that's dirt uh, for oh. starters. Uh, probably some other oh. na- organic matter. But um, some of the the thing the the landscape around you, and as you get closer to it, you know that mountain was just sit, like symptomatic uh there are there's like you know that you're noticing there's le- there's there's no trees you're not seeing wildlife and you know eventually as you travel like you know it takes several days because like this is a big thing that's happening as it turns yeah, out yeah. um you know you start to you actually get to see like another mountain just kind of like sh- drift up into the clouds like it doesn't even explode mm. it's kind of like it's dust now yeah. and it's up into this like Picking up speed, this cyclone up there, uh, and you know maybe 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 someone in the party. I don't know how. Like maybe depending on how advanced you are, but it's kind of like how you know in the vacuum of space, space dust might form into a planet. What? <gasps> but sped up a lot. What's yeah. happening? <laughs> we should probably do something about this. Okay. Yeah. So but, I'm interested to see how a party would react to that. Like what yeah. their what their first go to yeah. is in that situation. Yeah. Like you see a mountain turn to dust in front of you, and I think my first instinct would be to like, well, we need to get to the other side of the planet as fast yeah, as yeah. possible. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think it depends what level party you're at. Yeah, I, that as a, I think like yeah. I I did specifically say like you've been given this by the king sort of yes, thing. Like yeah, this yeah, is yeah. a high level sort of thing. I think that I'd be telling the king we need to evacuate to the other side of the planet. We, we need Throw a this new, at a level three party. <laughs> we need a new planet. Do you have any spares? <laughs> um, you're the king. Sorry, You've got to have I'm, some spare planets. I think I've got some Fafoke hookups. They uh, can get us yeah. anywhere but here. And then it's like the satyr bursts through the door. Someone say Fafoke? <laughs> What's up? Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, I guess I can't, I might need to get further into it, actually, for it to like be a functional th- thing. I'm just... No, I, well, I think it, it functions as a really great hook. Yeah. I, I just... I don't know what's happening. So yeah, that, sure. I kind of want to 
go further into it. Yeah. If, if that's the prestige, then we can leave it at that. I'm trying... I don't... It's hard to say because, like, it's... it's a. I feel like it might be a bit too conceptual at this point, but I'm not sure how to build to it. There's nothing wrong with a conceptual hook. Yeah, yeah You can absolutely. build your story sure. alongside yeah. it. Yeah, I think that that's where I'll... Like, yeah, I think that... Yeah, the, the earth around you is being torn into the sky and seems to be forming into a new landmass in the sky. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. Right. Uh... Tally? Beautiful. Well, as as you investigate, as you as you have a look around our our castle, it seems to have this swampland growing, bubbling up around it. Mm. Um, you start to talk to the people in the people in the city, the people in this castle, and you notice that they're getting sick. They're getting quite sick, and in fact, so is the king. Um, he hasn't left his throne for for days. Uh, it's it's amazing he was even there to greet you. Um, and you start to see these pieces of the castle are starting to corrupt as well. They're starting to It's the to actual change. stonework? The stonework of the castle is starting to change shape. It's starting to almost drift off as if defying gravity. Um, these don't... Don't <laughs> all, I, all I do is give you a look, buddy. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I have such power. Musical theatre, what? Oh, dear. Uh, catch us. No. <laughs> um, and you start to notice that this, this is accelerating. Something is changing and spreading out. If you find your way to the top of the castle, which is a difficult task given how much the stonework has changed, you will mm-hmm. see that the land around it seems to be spreading. The path that you came down is now far different to what you originally walked. So, what was bubbling? What what has it changed into? Is now um, this heaving marshland. So, as if it is, it is all marshland. It's all set where it is, but it seems to have formed these these hills that somehow retain their shape. Despite everything, and they're se- is centered on the castle. They're centered from the castle, and you're in and the castle, moving outwards, and we are in the castle, and everyone's sick, and everyone is sick except us. Except us. I would immediately suspect us of doing something shady. <laughs> <laughs> just turn to the warlock. It's just like, what have buddy? you done? Uh, have what we did picked you up any strange items lately? <laughs> Has anyone had any contact with uh, otherworldly beings? No. <laughs> Okay, uh, so I guess with mine, we have the the plants that are growing, the new plants. And I guess the, the women that are tending them start to get a little attached uh, because they, as they grow, uh, they grow kind of healthily. It's midsummer, like everything, it's kind of a small shrubbery. It's, it's burgeoning into a tree. Um, and the women are quite very proud. They're talking to each other about mm. how well their their new plants are growing. Um, and the plants are weird in that they seem to, the roots seem to connect them to the ground, but the the mass, the, the, the bloom up top is seeming to float mm. uh, away from, from the earth. And they're having quite rudimentary conversations and they always like, I love you so much, mummy. I couldn't live without you, mummy. I know all your secrets, (laughs) mummy. Feed me blood, (laughs) mummy. No, no, no. There's no blood. It's breast milk. It's not weird. But as soon as midsummer passes, all the other vegetation 
starts to die as this mm. kicks into overdrive and then women and their trees start going missing. Ooh. Uh-oh. Ooh. And that that is when your adventurers would probably get involved. And that is the start of a big adventure. <laughs> well, we'll we'll uh, I've got some ideas for where this prestigious take is 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 going to head. So, um if you want to know more, I can tell you more. Mm. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my my thoughts are that these these trees, these structures are a rudimentary life forms engineered to be turned and harnessed into airships. Ah. And the way that they do that in the society that created them, whether that is aliens or whether that is just a far-off nation that uh, and a ship has crashed into the forest where the butterflies were butterflying, that caused the, uh, <laughs> yep. the migration that's, that's early. That's the technical term. And those butterflies carried spores outwards. And so they've spored everywhere. And so this is kind of the inception of this new spe- invasive species taking over this continent. An invasive species of blimps. Of, of sentient blimps who, who have a symbiotic relationship with their female counterparts. Um, and oh, so, so drift compatible, yeah. Uh, I was thinking more pilot, pilot airship. So if we if we go Farscape, yeah, Farscape fans. Um, but, now, obviously, these are these are very rudimentary in their raw form, but I think if you go to that forest, you could find some of the abandoned technology and of maybe harnessing these things in more useful ways. Um, if you have female characters, then maybe they can, if they want one, maybe they go... This is gonna, an incentive to yeah, make some female characters. Maybe. Um, I don't need insensitive. Or you Fuck. can... <laughs> damn it, shit. Or if you've got a druid, maybe they need to kill these things like because they're an invasive alien species. They're killing off all the other vegetation. What was once a giant vibrant forest is now just a a desolate wasteland of where these things have sprouted and floated away um i i now really love the idea of a male druid trying to control <laughs> one of these things and just failing badly it's like because they're a druid they're able to control it just just yeah. <laughs> and because the the animal plant balance isn't really isn't known really like known. how it, if I can't speak with plants, it doesn't really work, and animal and bond with doesn't animals really isn't work. Quite doing it, yeah. Command command creature is also <laughs> not quite working. So yeah, I think that that is kind of the hook is where you can where your how your party reacts to these things being introduced, and they don't they aren't necessarily malevolent, but they are invasive because their life cycle is basically to the detriment of. Everything, the, around every, everything around them. Yeah. But they're so yeah. useful. I do like that. We are also giving players a potential airship. Well, again, uh, like an airship would be uh, like a, an advanced form mm. of, of these things. So maybe a, a couple of years down the line. At the moment, you've just got a women walking around with a plant um, attached to them. And occasionally floating, I'm assuming. Just yeah, like yeah. hopping around. Just levitating. <laughs> Every now and then. Just Mary Poppins, but instead of an umbrella, you have a giant fungus. Yeah, and I guess they're they're going to places where they can 
they can plant the spread more spores. No, not not spread more spores. I think the spores happen when they explode. I think. Okay. But I think it's just plant them so that they can absorb all the nutrients in the environment and then move on again mm. until they're big enough to fly places. I do like I, I do like the you know the origin story for the you know bio organic like airship thing where it's just like, it's one of those things where you usually come into a fantasy series where that's just how people get around it's totally yeah. normal whereas <laughs> there's people who are just gonna be like yeah i can totally use these things as an airship and it's just like jerry are you are, are you off the wagon jerry <laughs> what the fuck is happening right now <laughs> we are a good party jerry <laughs> what is what i don't understand I like do where you're coming from with this and then, of course, down the line, you you meet up with the party of gnomes who just have have weaponized the technology, um, or have scavenged the wreckage and have rebuilt. Hey guys, <laughs> do you remember like uh, three years ago when we came across those uh, those fungal airships? Yeah, you remember those? <laughs> you really should have dealt with that at the time. <laughs> yeah, nip that one in the bud, as it were. Come on, guys. So uh, I, I guess. Um, I didn't. I haven't come up with a name for these things. Um, uh, sky spores, I guess, or fly ship fungus. That's now got to be the official name Absolutely for a fly ship fungus. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm just just gonna call it a uh, sh- uh, ship spores. There we go. Ship spores. Ship spores. Sporing through the air. Mm. I hate you mm. <laughs> with a just burning mm. passion. It's like a, fu- a fungal flyer, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, let, let's go back to this this castle in a valley. Yes, the castle in the valley. So, um, things are starting to get pretty out of hand. the The landscape around is completely, completely changed. the The denizens of this castle they are they're all sick to the point of near death. You can barely speak with them. Perhaps we've even uh, infected a few of our party members if they've not been careful with their personal hygiene. <laughs> this is your reminder to bathe. Jeremy. Um. Oh, shit, he called out Jeremy live on the show. Whoa. I will say it is always a very conscious decision in my mind if my characters are clean freaks or not because I personally am. Mm. But, I mean, I play a Warforged and he doesn't wash because why would he? Mm. It is inefficient to wash myself. I do not create odour either way. (laughs) Quite right. Yes. (laughs) Sometimes I will use the dirt as camouflage. Oh, and trees and and, and decaying animal matter. I I quite like, um, I play a wizard, so I'll just press to digitate, you know, any Mm. dirt off. Um, But we play with a barbarian who wants to prove their their worth. And so I've just gradually been soiling his clothes more and more. He seems to love it. In Um, your campaign, is there any etiquette about wizards just deciding to prestidigitate other people? There is, there is. I have asked in the past. (laughs) Um, I've also done some without asking, but they seem to appreciate it at the time. We just just freed them (laughs) from goblins, so I think they appreciated the... The, yeah. the wash. Using prestidigitation to to soil or clean things is so so it's an underrated thing because oh, there's so man. there's so often like you're trying to steal a uniform or something. It's just like, oh, you got blood all over it. I, Let I, me I prestidigitate take that it off. Fine, I guess they're clean now. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a tear where you stabbed them through that mending. Okay then. <laughs> okay, castle. We're in anyway, a castle in a valley. So, and the only person who seems to still be able to. To talk, to uh, to even express anything, is the king. The king's still in his throne after 
days when everyone else, everyone else is sick and dying. Mm. And um, that's when you get to noticing that the, the king isn't displaying the same symptoms. Is, and in fact has never, never even so, far, so much as stood up. And you notice that uh, the king is in fact not the king. The king is in fact attached to the castle. And this... Um, no, it's a king limb. <laughs> it's a king I'm limb. I'm the king of the castle. <laughs> and this is just one part of the uh, the infestation that is take o- taken over, taking over the land. So what is it? One big organism? One like a hive of little organisms? I, For the sake of brevity in a campaign, you could call it one. I like to call it a network because then you have a chance of things escaping, things not quite yeah. um, all acting the same way. And uh, containing it becomes a lot more difficult if there's a lot of them. Awesome. Okay, so if how 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 do they contain it? If it's the castle. See, I I see. I like that the king mm. is um is a figurehead, but does wield a lot of the power, okay, a lot of the so, decisive power. This is yeah. where the consciousness has been sitting for the most part. Um, so and, you take him out, then it's just a matter of mopping up. And it's a matter of mopping up, assuming that uh, this consciousness doesn't then form in any of the infected villages. Okay. Um, And that no power is left over for any player characters that might have been infected. And what are we calling it? Um, We are calling this the... (laughs) I love how it always catches all of us off guard (laughs) that we have to name it. You want me to name this? I couldn't (laughs) have expected this ever. Um, How about the Royal Spores? The Royal Spores. Dumb. So, the religious members of your party might first get tipped off by, like, their gods just being like, just maybe it starts out vague and then becomes a bit more clear that what's happening here is that uh, there's there's a, there's a there's a baby god. Uh, oh no! That's oh. that's doing a bit of a my my first <laughs> my first creation thing. <laughs> oh no! My first planet and doesn't quite you know it's not it's it's a new god. It doesn't quite have the faculties maybe or the empathy or whatever to understand that yeah ter- like it can't it can't build a new world yet it's it's still but it does it, it's it, just it, stretching its muscles yeah mm. it it can certainly reconstitute stuff to it to create something of its own mm. um so yeah maybe maybe your characters start to hear the the thoughts of the god as they're approaching or maybe, maybe like a religious character in your party maybe like that's where the actual quest uh, impetus comes from is that their god being like, look, this is Jerry. Uh, he's new. Just please get him. Like, I don't know. I like, really love the idea yeah. that they they get the idea that it's a new god by like as they're heading towards it or trying to figure it out, they keep running into like crazy people mm. and crazy people <laughs> who have been exposed to mm. the the mind of the new yeah, god. Sure. Too too much, and that's Just that's absolutely. where they're getting these glimpses of what's mm. actually happening. Yeah, sure, they let piece it together yeah. as well. That's fun, and that that gives you a way to kind of direct them mm. to to something before like actually talking to a god yeah, if, if if you don't have a cleric or yeah, yeah that could be or like or even just like you know you can hear like as you're getting closer you get snatches of thought more and more and like sometimes you just like hear a little bit of a do 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 do, do kind of just like yeah. humming to itself as it works sort of thing yeah. <laughs> you hear you hear god whistling <laughs> and then or well, i mean in this situation would you as players what what would you be trying 
to do? Would you be trying to educate the new god? Or would you be trying to alert like the other gods and call their intervention? Yeah, I think it would like depend on whether or not you have a religious member of the party, which you know most parties they probably will have something like that. They Usually are the most efficient healers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and an easy, an easy like two level splash or, or one level splash if you want to get some some good uh, <laughs> some good armor and weapon abilities. Got to um, get those armor and weapon abilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, like depend, like maybe it's just yeah, just maybe the god, maybe the other gods are just like, look, can you just like, if you get close enough with the, with my talisman, I'll be able to step in, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's kind of a, you start as you're getting closer, like you know, you're at risk, you're at risk. Like the gods, like look, I I'll extend my power to you so that you don't get like reconstituted yourselves but but things around you will yeah and also like the gods just like this new gods just like I made a pony and it's yeah. just it's just <laughs> two people who've been merged into one thing and they've got a line for a head and stuff and then just and like, they want to kill you yeah, th- yeah. yeah. I, just love, been, yeah. I love the idea that there's been like a village in here somewhere and you just see like the, the hut with chicken legs, the Baba yeah. Yaga yeah. hut, yeah, yeah. and it's just like I made a chicken. A bird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I really love the idea of you fighting, you fighting a, a like a literal child god, oh, <laughs> or, or maybe like yeah, maybe it is like a literal toddler who's just yeah. somehow ascended to godhood just immediately. That's also fun. To communicate yeah. <laughs> with this, do you roll like straight charisma? Is this persuasion? Is it animal handling? What the is it religion? I mean, I feel like it, it's it's a god. It is a god. Like I think that that like depending on your setting, maybe may, like may, depending on how you how you run gods. Yeah. I think that the most straightforward for most settings would just be get my talisman close enough and mm. I'll step in, sort of thing. Um, but you know, maybe you maybe you can try talking to a toddler god. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, maybe maybe, well. maybe if you have a mother in the party and she has a parenting yeah. skill, you can give her advantage on oh, yeah, roll, roll for motherhood. <laughs> yeah, we've got a, we've got some some we, a weird recurring element of mother <laughs> motherhood going on here. Okay. Motherships. The motherships. Yeah. That's what they're called, Zane. You know they're called motherships. Okay, I'll I'll give you the motherships is, yep. a, is a good title yeah, for them. Good... <laughs> uh, I do, like we were just like as soon as that we were just like. Oh. <laughs> Okay, well, that is us for another week. Oh, wait, did you name uh, your your child god or the the phenomena? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, every I w- time West of Rise. No, I was I was intentionally hold, like holding off, um, like naming it because you know, the, like it, the prestige that is that it's a baby yeah, god yeah. sort of thing. But um, yeah, um, I th- like my my first world. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I yeah. like my first world. <laughs> yeah. My first creation, something yeah, like yeah. that. Um, yeah, baby's yeah. first creation. Yeah, baby's yeah. first big bang, something <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we had baby's first big bang, <laughs> and we had the royal spores. The royal spores, and I, of course, had the motherships. So, if you like any of those, feel free to use them in your own private games. We are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Non-Derivatives 4.0 International License, which means that you are allowed to share and redistribute the material in any medium or format, as long as you give credit. But you can use it in your own games without credit. And let us know if you want to use them. We would love to hear the stories of you. Um, I want to hear I want to hear what you do with the motherships. Yes, every success story. Um, I'm, I'm trying to, to justify using that in my game somehow, but it's just, it's too late for all of my games, but you have the opportunity. 
Uh, so, Tully, you're in a podcast. Yes, uh, about a week ago we should have launched um, Dungeon Deep Dive, which is a podcast in which we we deep dive into all your all of your fantasy world building elements, so that you don't have to researching all the little things, like uh, perhaps if you want to include pirates or brewing or maybe even build a temple. Uh, all of these little world building elements uh, take a lot of research, and we're going to do that for you. And Dom, you're on a podcast. It's called Everybody Wants to Be a Cat. We talk about cats and get sidetracked a lot. You yes. sound so excited. I, it's uh, it, there's so little to say about this about the cat podcast. There we, are cats. There's it, cats. Do you, do you want, like cats? I love cats. Then listen to the cat podcast. Dogs. Do you like dogs? Um, bit of a snatch reference for you. The yeah, like if you like hearing two really. Like a really high energy person and a real like kind of not so high energy person. Which one are you, Dom? Can't imagine which one I am. <laughs> uh, just like showing photos of cats to one another and just and being like, oh, you're a little nose. If you like just the audio of that, that's about twenty percent of the show. It is. I already love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the show. Yeah. Yeah, and you also have t-shirts. Of course, I sell t-shirts uh, on T Public. Dom Gilfoyle, all one word, D-O-M-G-U-I-L-F-O-Y-L-E. Wonderful, and we'll be back same time next week. I've been Zane C. Weber. Until then, keep playing games, everyone. Morgan Phillips and I'm a human. And I'm Isabella Vallette and I'm also a human. But I was raised by fairies and now I'm taking my human friend Morgan in to meet all of the mythological creatures that I know. Every Sunday we meet a new mythological creature and interview them about their life in a modern day context. Such as... The Night King from Game of Thrones. Funicula, the friendly vampire brother of Dracula. We've met the Loch Ness Monster. Santa. The Volpertinga. The Devil. And a Mermaid. And many more. We release all our interviews as a podcast called Off of the Fairies where we interview a new mythological creature creature every week living in a modern day world come join us uh, that's not kind of productions podcast well the world's gone mad if you ask me every dog and his mother are heading for the park or the beach forgetting about the home and all it's done for us recently no fur off my back the aa helps me there looking after house and contents freeing me up to work on my swimming stroke that doggy paddle isn't as easy as it looks you know for added peace of mind, when you're working from home, the AA provides cover for home office equipment. And right now you can get €60 Euro off your home insurance when you purchase online at the AA.ie. Who's got clever home insurance? Minimum premium of €218 Euro applies. €60 Euro off online. New business policies only. Acceptance criteria, terms and conditions apply. AA Ireland Limited Trading as AA Insurance is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Life admin. Yep. It even sounds boring. No wonder it goes on the long finger. But when you do get round to it, a good place to start is by reviewing your mortgage. You really never know if there's a better option unless you look into it. That's where the Ulster Bank Mortgage Team could help. Wherever you bank, get in touch and find out about switching your mortgage to us. Just search Ulster Bank Switch. Ulster Bank. Help for what matters. Over 18s only. Ulster Bank Ireland DAC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.